Well, praise the Lord. It's indeed a great day to be alive. Uh, my name is Yang Kutiang. Thank you for letting me come into your space once again. And I trust that you've been blessed by uh, the word the Lord has been bringing forth through this medium to you. And I do encourage you, please, to share with your friends and loved ones. And we'll also be glad to hear from you. Hallelujah. Uh, the last time we were here, last time when I was, uh, when we sent, when we ministered, we were uh, we did take an interlude right there, and the Lord, we brought for the word concerning healing. And healing is the children's bread. And uh, healing goes with the gospel. It's part and parcel of the part and parcel of the Great Commission. Hallelujah. But we're going to be picking up from what we left off the last time. The way up is down. The way up is down. And I'm going to ask you, please, uh, turn with me to First Peter chapter 5, and I'm going to be reading my text. First Peter chapter 5, the way up is down. This is the second in the installment of the series, the way up is down. Verse 5, uh, sorry, First Peter chapter 5, I'm sorry, First Peter chapter 5 from verse 5. Likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. Yes, all of you be submissive to one another and be clothed with humility. Did you see that expression there? Clothe. In other words, humility will pervade our attitude, what people see us, and how we relate and come in contact with people. But listen what he says further there. He says, For God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Do you get that? God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You don't want to be on the other side where God is resisting. But then the next verse, verse 6, is, Therefore, humble yourself. So when it comes to humility, it's what you and I can do by ourselves. Humble yourselves on the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. So the condition for exaltation is that we humble ourselves. There's no use praying, oh God, humble me. <laughs> well, because the Bible talks about if you will not humble yourself, then you're going to bring yourself against God's resistance, and that will humble you. And you don't want that. So we can do it ourselves because we've got the Spirit of Christ. Hallelujah. Therefore, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all of your care upon him, for he cares for you. The act of casting our cares, our worries, our anxieties on him, that's a mark of humility. Praise the Lord. Now, let's also look here at Philippians 2. Philippians 2, I'm also going to be reading a wonderful portion there from verse 5. Listen to what it says. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being found in the form of God, did not consider it robbery or, you know, equality with God, something to be claimed to. So he did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation taking the form of a bond servant and coming in the likeness of men and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself. So Jesus, look at that. Jesus, perfect savior, perfect, complete. No, nothing about him, no tinge of darkness or shadow of any kind of a thing like that in him. He humbled himself. Now, if the Lord Jesus chose to humble himself, who are you and I? Why shouldn't we? So he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death. So in order for him to fulfill and do what the Father had in mind for him to do, 
to pay the price for our redemption, he had to humble himself. Well, and the truth is, if you and I are going to go, if you, if you and I will have to go all the way to be and do all that God will have us to accomplish, we have to do it through this means, by humbling ourselves. So we're told he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him. So you see, with humility, then comes exaltation, promotion. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him a name above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we saw different examples, you know, we mentioned different ones in the Bible, Moses, we even talked of Naomi, Ruth, even Abraham, Joseph, different ones all through, had to go through this, hallelujah. So it's something everybody who intends to experience all that God has for them and fulfill their plan and purpose will have to go this way. And we said... If you and I could exalt or promote ourselves, we would have done it already. We don't know how. And if you try to do it on your own, you're probably going to be trying to trample on other people to do it. You bring yourself against God's resistance. And you don't want that position. If you come against God, something is going to have to give and it won't be God. Hallelujah. So now let's look at another example here in 1 Samuel Chapter 9. Now, this is a story of another king, the first king of Israel. First Samuel chapter 9. King Saul. Now, it was a kind of interesting, you know. Uh, right here, it was a, a fateful day, you know. They had lost some uh, uh, donkeys and his father had sent him out with uh, a servant to go search for these donkeys. Don't forget, those donkeys were like, you know, uh, those were their means of uh, transportation. Those were like their... You know, Mercedes-Benz or Rolls-Royce of the day. So they were going out looking for these donkeys and all that. And the Lord had ministered to Samuel, listen, Israel at this point in time had been asking for a king. And the Lord said, listen, I'm sending you the king tomorrow. In fact, the way Saul got sent there was through the suggestion of the servant that went with him. When they got close to the city, the servant said, hey, there is a, 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 a man of God in this city. Let's go inquire from him about the donkeys. And that's how they ended up at uh, Samuel's place. But the Lord had already spoken to Samuel, listen, I'm going to be sending him to you, sending you Saul, who is the chosen one to be anointed as king. But it's kind of interesting, when they approached Saul to inquire about Saul, uh, when when they approached Samuel, I meant to say, to inquire about uh, the donkeys, um, Samuel gave him a word of the Lord. Samuel right there gave him a word of the Lord, which was essentially a, a, a word of knowledge. And this is what <laughs> Samuel said to him, verse 20. But as for the donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found. And on whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and all your father's house? Can you imagine that? I mean, this young man, Saul, who was... Uh, a head and shoulder above everybody in Israel, he approaches the prophet. This is the prime prophet of the land, Samuel the seer. 
And Samuel, who's never set eyes on him before, gives him this word of the Lord and said, On whom is all the desire of Israel? Is it not on you and all your father's house? Now listen to the way Saul replies. And Saul answered and said, Am I not a Benjamin of the smallest of the tribes of Israel? Look at the way this man, the the attitude he had and the way he saw himself. Am I not a Benjamin of the smallest of, of the tribes of Israel? And my family, the least of all the families of the tribe of Benjamin, why then do you speak like this to me? <laughs> you can tell he's not going there. You know, when someone just gave him that word, he said, oh, yeah, 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 uh, that's who I am. That's, that's me, sir. He's surprised and he's like, my goodness, this can't be for real. He had such a humility about him, his attitude and everything. Hallelujah. But listen to something here. So now Samuel took Saul and his servant and brought them into the hall where, you know, the elders were already seated and let them sit in the place of honor among those who were invited. There were about 30 persons. See, had him sit in a place of honor. You know, we just read a little while ago there. This is kind of symbolic. Here he humbles himself and what happens? He's brought him to sit in a place of honor. See, what is it that follows humility is promotion. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Now, so we see this. In fact, as you read about Samuel, uh, as Saul, I meant to say, you read about him when the day came. This is the first king of the nation of Israel, the covenant people of God. So when the day came for him to be anointed and presented publicly to the people, he ran away and hid himself. He would not come, come out. My, and the Lord had to expose where he was. That was how this man was deep inside. So it shows you right there the kind of people God seeks to promote. Hallelujah. You know, one of the reasons why God does things like this is that those people know, listen, but for the Lord, <laughs> there would be nowhere. <laughs> they know that. And so when the Lord promotes them, they know all the glory belongs to the Lord. All the glory, all the goodness belongs to the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord is not going to share his glory with anyone. He will not. Hallelujah. Now, we want to see something further here in 1 Samuel 13. So the Lord now had instructed, you know, Saul was now, Israel was being attacked by the Philistines. And uh, what had been sent to Samuel, and Samuel was going to be coming to offer a sacrifice before they went to battle, and uh, and so Saul and the and the and the uh, uh, the armies of Israel were gathered, ready to make war with the Philistines. But they, they were waiting for Samuel to offer the sacrifice before they went to war. But something interesting happens here. And so while they were, you know, the, 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 right here waiting for Samuel and the war is about to happen and the Philistines are approaching, listen now, verse 7. And some of the Hebrews crossed over the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was still in Gilgal, and all the people followed him trembling. Then he waited seven days, according to the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. So Saul said, imagine this, 
Someone said, well, I'm going to be coming at a certain time. Well, he didn't come. And what, so what happened? So Samuel, so, uh, verse 9, First Samuel 13, so Saul said, bring a burnt offering and peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. You know something? See, there will always be a test before this promotion. You realize in Israel, there were three key offices. There was the prophet, there was the priest, and there was the king. These were the only three that had the anointing, you know, the anointing of God on them to function in the offices. Now, the priest was the one who offered sacrifices and prophets were given, were, were the ones who brought the word of the Lord. And of course, prophets as well could bring, could, be, could, could uh, offer the sacrifices and the Lord would lead them. So we saw that that would happen. But actually, in this case, Samuel is both priest and prophet. Right now, at this time. And so he had said, I'm going to come at a certain time. Well, he doesn't show up at that time. Do you realize something? That was a blessing test, a prosperity test, a test for promotion. Listen, dear brethren, you will have a test of your promotion. Every one of us. And I pray when that day of the test comes, you will realize to do the right thing. So somehow didn't show up. But you know something about God? God, I found out, doesn't show up, <laughs> never shows up anywhere late. He doesn't. In fact, I've heard it said he doesn't show up early either. It may seem late to you, just like, you know, when Jesus was invited to come pray for Lazarus, and then he waited, Lazarus died, and then got there after the death of Lazarus. That still didn't stop Jesus from raising Lazarus from the dead. So definitely, there'll be times, you know, you, you'll have to face these tests. But listen what happened here. Verse 9. So Saul said, bring an offering and peace offering here to me. And he offered the burnt offering. Listen. Each of these people were meant to stay. We talked about the prophet, the priest, and the king. They were supposed to function in their offices. And if you, and actually, you know, uh, from what we saw, even uh, in the Old Testament during the time of Aaron, when one of his sons, you know, offered profane fire, in other words, he moved away from his office to operate in another office, he died instantly. Aaron's two sons were dead instantly. And the consequences can be quite dire. Why? You see, it's a mark of a lack of humility. You moving into an, into an office, taking something God hasn't given to you. And the dangers are quite serious. The consequences are quite serious because when you do that, you take what has not been given to you, then you are in danger of losing what has been given to you. You see that here with Saul. You see that here with Saul. Verse 10. Now it happened. Isn't it interesting? It happened as soon as he had finished presenting the burnt offering that Saul came, so sorry, that Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him that he might greet him. And Samuel said, what have you done? Saul said, when I saw that the people, can you imagine that? I saw that the people were scattered from me, that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines gathered together at Michmash. Then I said, the Philistines will now come down on me at Gilgal, and I have not made supplication to the Lord. Therefore, I felt compelled, and I offered a burnt offering. 
you know, Amplified says, uh, uh, one of the translations says, uh, some of the other translations say, I was forced, you know, pressure. Listen, we should not, don't yield to that pressure, either from people or situations, to perform. You see, performative actions like this don't bring results. They don't bring a result. They, they don't bring results. They rob you of what should be yours. And Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, which he commanded you. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom. Listen to what Likil says. Listen, see, see it right here. For now the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. That was the, that was the promotion test that he failed. He was about to be promoted. That was the purpose of, of the test. Samuel delaying his coming. But instead, he felt pressure, yielded to the flesh, yielded to the pressure from the people, and went and moved into an office that wasn't his. And listen now. But now your kingdom, verse 14, shall not continue. No, he was not going to have a dynasty. The Lord has sought for himself a man after his own heart. And the Lord has commanded him to be commander over his people because you have not kept what the Lord commanded you. Look at that. Look at that. He took what was not given to him. Stepped into the position of the man who anointed him as king. What's the saying by his actions? I'm as good as Samuel. I'm king. I can do this thing. No. Listen. You know, Jesus even taught it and said, when you go to the feast, and I said, don't take the prominent position. Even if you feel it's your place, he said, take a lesser position and allow yourself to be promoted and honored instead. And that's the way the master was. Hallelujah. Now, let's kind of see some more things here about, you know, about, about this story about, uh, um, about Saul. Now, the Lord also had said to Saul, go and wipe out the Amalekites in 1 Samuel 15. Wipe them out. So the Lord already promoted, uh, pronounced the judgment back in the day of uh, Moses and Joshua that he was going to wipe them out. And, you know, it's interesting. People would read this, say, well, read something like this and say, why would God say that kind of a thing? That's a discussion for another day. But let me say this to you. God is a gracious God. No human being could even begin to come close to the magnitude and extent of God's goodness. None. So that's a discussion for another day. We'll talk about that some other day. But what happened here, the Lord told them, go and wipe out all the Amalekites. Wipe out everything they've got. Everything that breathes. Animal, humans, everything. Wipe, wipe it all out. But what did Saul do here? Saul went down and it's kind of interesting what he... Uh, so when Saul went, <laughs> this is so interesting. So when Saul went, verse 7, so Saul attacked the Amalekites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. He also took Agag, king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed, we're told here, destroyed, all the people with the edge of the sword. 
But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good, and were unwilling to destroy them, because everything, but everything despised and worthless, they utterly destroyed. Everything they utterly destroyed. And of course, the Lord saw this, and the Lord had uh, spoken to Samuel about it. And the Lord said, look, I regret making this man king. So you have here, you have here, Samuel goes to visit Saul and to bring him the word of the Lord concerning his trip to carry out what the Lord told him to do to the Amalekites. So verse 15, Saul said, yeah, you know, verse 14, but Samuel said, what then is the bleating? So when Samuel showed up, Saul said, oh, we've done everything. We've uh, I've done what you told us to do. But in, in fact, interestingly, before I go, go ahead. When Samuel got there to Saul's palace to give him the message, Saul had already gone into town to set a monument for himself to honor himself. Think about this guy. This was, can you, do you still remember where Saul was before he became king? The kind of attitude he had? Now... He is, he's not, he's out there putting up a monument to honor himself. Verse 12. So when Saul rose early in the morning to meet Saul, it was so Samuel saying, Saul went to come up and indeed he set up a monument for himself and he has gone on around, passed by and gone down to Gilgal. Then Samuel went to Saul and Saul said to him, blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. But Samuel said, what then is the bleating of the sheep in my ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? Samuel said, they have brought them from the Amalekites. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen to sacrifice to the Lord your God. And the rest we have utterly destroyed. Isn't that interesting? He said, we've done it. We've done everything. He says to the Lord, your God. <laughs> then Samuel said to him, be quiet. I'll tell you what the Lord said to me last night. And he said to him, speak on. So Samuel said, when, I, I want you to listen to this. He says, when you were little in your own eyes, you remember the day he met Samuel for the first time? When Saul met Samuel for the first time, how humble he was. See, that's what the Lord is referring to here through Samuel. So when you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? So that's what the Lord was looking for. You realize the Bible says, the word of God says, a broken and a contrite heart. So that's part of humility. When you were small in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel? Did not the Lord anoint you king of Israel? Now the Lord has sent you on a mission and said, go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Amalekites, and fight against them until they are consumed. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you sweep down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. He's even arguing. You know, many, many times, a lot of arguments people have, even couples have amongst themselves. The root of it is a lack of humility. Not accepting fault that they were wrong. See, this is something we need to judge in ourselves. He says, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. And gone to the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agar, king of Amalek. 
have utterly destroyed the Amalekites. But the people took the plunder and sheep and oxen and the best of the things which should have been utterly destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. So Samuel said, As the Lord has great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord, behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion, see, a lack of humility is rebellion. For rebellion is as a sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Then Saul said to Samuel, I have seen. But as you come to see, this wasn't sincere. For I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and your words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. See, what's he saying? He regarded the people more than the Lord who made him king. You know, that's where people are today. See, anytime we start choosing pleasing people more than God, we're not ready for promotion. Now, therefore, please pardon my sin and return with me, that I may worship the Lord. And someone said to Saul, I will not return with you, for you have rejected the word of the Lord, and the Lord has rejected you from being king. And as Samuel turned around to go, Saul seized the edge of his robe, and he tore. So Samuel said to him, The Lord has turned the kingdom of Israel from you today, and has given it to your neighbor, the neighbor of yours, who is better than you. And also the strength of Israel would not relent, for he is not a man that he should. So the Lord is not a man that he should learn. Then he said, I have sinned. Listen now. I have sinned. Honor me now. Think about it. He's saying, I have sinned. Honor me now before the elders of my people. This man hasn't repented. Verse 13. He said, I have sinned, but honor me now before. He wants to look good before the people because Samuel rebuked him right before the people. You know, dear friends, this is something for us to really consider sincere to the heart. We should not let people and the things we do be surely to just please people while we offend God. No, we don't want to do that. We owe everything to the Lord Jesus, to our Father God, and it's to him that we have to look to. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my dear brother and sister. Lord, in the name of Jesus, help them to receive this message. Let it sink deep and help them to apply it and to join themselves so we can put ourselves in the path of blessing, part of promotion, part of healing, prosperity, and moving forward. Thank you for doing what you alone can do. Glorify and exalt your name for your faithfulness, mercy, and goodness. To you be all the praise in Jesus' name. Please, let's hear from you. And please, share this message. Be blessed by it. To God be the glory. Till next time, it's indeed a great day to be alive.